0: morning, you're kind of jumping into the middle of a series that we're doing that's called Warren of Fitness, um, and we've got white screens. This is fantastic. Lisa, um, is um, Lisa's, Lisa around? Lisa not around. Um, Gary, if you could just let Lisa know to bring my bag up from down in the office, that would be awesome. I'll just work off my iPad, and um, I'll read everything out to you. Anyway, so the whole idea behind Warren of Fitness is... You know, rather than talking about what's wrong with the world, rather than actually focusing on what's happening beyond us, we've decided in this season that we really need to stop and look at ourselves. To do a bit of a warren of fitness on ourselves. What's going on within us? And so today the whole idea of exhaust is talking about, well, we're not going to talk about the tailpipe, but we are talking about what's going on inside And how is it impacting not just us, but the people around us? So the story begins on Easter morning, right? It's dark outside. A woman by the name of Mary Magdalene, she heads out to the tomb. And as she goes to the tomb, her idea her point, the reason why she's going is because the body has been in there, you know, over the Sabbath. And she's now going... To, to lay some spices by the body out of respect. Because for her, this man that she was following, that she believed was the Messiah, the one who she believed would change the world, he's now dead. And so she doesn't really have much to live for. Her name, Magdalene, is from a town. It's actually uh, Mary from Magdala, a little town on the coast of, of Galilee, she's not actually from Jerusalem, it's not her home, but she followed him there and when she got there, well now she's stuck there, because who would have believed that Good Friday would actually happen? She gets to the tomb, it's still dark, but she can tell that something's not right. The stone has been rolled away. The tomb is empty. Now, we today, we think immediately, he's risen. He's risen indeed. But that was not her first thought. That was not the first thing that went through her mind. Actually, the opposite. Her first question was, what have they done with the body? And immediately she thought, who do I go to? I'll run back to the apostles. I'll go tell them. Because, you know, do our wives go running to us when there's a problem, guys? usually us going to our wives but anyway he she goes run into the guys and they all get together what and they run after they want to see it for themselves they get to the tomb Peter gets there first because he's the fastest he's the headstrong he gets there but he doesn't go in John on the other hand boom right past him straight into the tomb the body's gone And there's an interesting part in verse 3 of chapter 20, where John himself writing this gospel, he says he saw and he believed. What did he believe? That Jesus was risen? No. In my mind, he's believing what Mary said. Oh, okay, they did take the body. Oh, the body is gone. What is going on? You know, sometimes with my wife and I, she'll say, Rob, come and have a look. I'm, you've got to know this is happening. And I'm like, and "I sometimes don't believe her. So I've got to go see for myself. You know what the first thing she says after I see what she's told me? Told you so. Then when she believed me the first time. <laughs> I can imagine Mary going, what, did you didn't believe me? Why would I make this up? The guys, they walk back. And Mary's left alone. But who is this Mary? Why is she even involved in this story? In the book of John, the Gospel of John, she just pops up when Jesus is on the cross. That's the first time we hear about her. In the other Gospels, there's a little bit more of a breakdown. In Luke chapter 12, there's this story. As they're going through Galilee, Jesus is followed by a couple of women, three women in particular. His mother his mother's sister, and this woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene, who Jesus had healed. And he had healed her, not from an ailment, you know, I've got a sore hip, or hey, you know, my ingrown toenail. No, no, she had seven demons. Now, you need to understand The Jews love this little bit of a play word with numbers. It's not necessarily actually seven. They like to play with numbers because they have significant meaning to them. Now, whether it meant really seven demons or a whole bunch of demons or no demons at all, whatever her case was, she was ostracised. She was separated. She wasn't allowed to be in community with people because there was something very wrong with her the Jews would have seen her as unclean. Now, that's a pretty serious thing. And you've got to also understand is that she's also a woman. And in those days, oh, it's okay, I'm on a roll now, so I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) Let's hope I get it right if I remembered it all. (laughs) Um, The craziness about it is a woman was already seen as a second-class citizen in Israel, and frankly, for most of history, right? A Jewish man would pray in the morning in that first century. He would say, thank you, God, that I'm neither a Gentile, that is, I am not of Israel, that I am of Israel, I'm not one of those people, and that I'm not a woman. The temple of God, all the men could go into the inner courts, the women were left outside, with the Gentiles. And today, when you go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, there's this little, little section for the women and this big section for the guys, and the guys also get the tunnel that goes down closest to the Holy of Holies. Now, you add demons to a woman, pretty sure her exhaust is not working well. I'm pretty sure there won't be many people following behind her. I'm pretty sure many people will be taking a big detour around her. Of the four people that we know of that were at the cross, three of them were women. Because who cares? One of them was Mary. The Romans didn't really care, they're women. The Jews didn't care, they're women. Let them cry. Let them weep. We're teaching them a lesson. And there's Mary alone in the darkness by a tomb that is empty, weak, lost of hope, bereft of anything that can even be considered purpose in her life. And Jesus himself, in the tomb, in the darkness of a cold tomb through the whole Sabbath, there he stayed. Kind of takes you back to another story. At the beginning of time, the beginning of time being the creation where there was darkness, darkness over the face of the waters when you open up Genesis 1:1, and the word that was with God, Jesus. The two of them together with the Spirit made three hovered over the darkness and together they did something amazing. They brought light. They brought life. They brought creation. And the darkness disappeared and the light shone the amazing miracle of creation. But in that scene, scene, as the story goes on, something changes. Choice has been given to these ones who have been given the proprietary over looking after this life and light and creation. And one of them, a woman, Eve by name, she chose to pick that fruit first. She chose to give in to that temptation. She was the one who brought chaos and again brought darkness upon the land. And she, along with every woman from then cursed as weak as weak as second. And yet we open up John chapter 1 in the gospel and the word was made flesh. The word Jesus came in flesh, brought light through his word, brought life through his miracles. And the word Jesus chose, chose to die, chose to give his life. And when he died, Darkness came. Darkness on that cross overtook him. Darkness again extinguished the light. The parallels between two stories are amazing. You cannot read about Easter weekend without looking back to creation. But the story doesn't stop there. Because as Jesus conquers death, does something that's been undoes what has been done, sets us straight before God. The story's not finished. It's not just connecting us back to God. That's the important part. There's more to be done. And as Mary, sitting by that grave tomb, I can imagine the sun just coming up. Bit of a light on the horizon. And there are two angels. What are they doing in that? Who are you? What are you doing in there? But she's not asking the questions. They're asking her the questions. Why are you so sad? What are you doing here? They've taken my Lord. They've taken, please, if you've taken his body, let me know where he is. I'll go get it. And she turns around, she sees a figure. She thinks it's the gardener. It's great how the Bible has these puns, huh? The gardener. Doesn't that take you back? to that first chapter in Genesis. And here he is, the gardener again, in another garden looks at her and says, why are you crying? They've taken my Savior. What am I to do? Please tell me where they've taken him. And he just says one word, one word. Mary, Mary, powerful, breaks her heart. She can't hold it in. You see, back in the garden, the woman was less. Why? Because she gave in. The curse upon the woman forever to be second, forever to be less, forever to be weak. And Jesus came first to a woman. First to a woman. You see, back in the garden of that creation day, Wholeness ended in brokenness. But on this new day, when the light began to shine again, and this time forevermore, conquering darkness on that day, brokenness became wholeness, and redemption was made. Redemption was made. John, chapter 20, verse 12. Rabboni, she calls our teacher. This exclamation. And all the loss and the weakness and the second-class citizenship, all of that is gone. She is now redeemed. Ladies, you understand what I'm talking about because we tend to ignore Easter Sunday and the redemption found in Jesus Christ and we'll just go straight back to creation. But guys, you understand this too. Our exhaust systems aren't very good. We think they are sometimes, but we know better. We know that, yeah, it's not just as we get older. But deep inside of us, we know we're not good enough. We we're never good enough for our fathers. We we're never good enough for our schools. We we're never good enough for our jobs. We we're never good enough for anything. And we hide that deep inside. Jesus cancels all of that. Redemption is not found in finding acceptance from those around you but in the one who's conquered darkness has brought life and light back it is found in Jesus Christ our lord and our savior we are redeemed no longer to be ever second class citizens no n- never to be less for we are now citizens of heaven high bought by the blood of Jesus Christ saving us, but redeeming us and starting the story all over again. And amen to that, eh? That we are not in that dark and tombed looking and thinking, what's going on? Where is this? We are redeemed. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation is found on Friday. Redemption is found on Sunday. And the power of darkness has been conquered by the power of light forevermore. And though we yearn for a new creation, though we still see a lot of brokenness around us, and though sometimes our exhaust system still doesn't work right, We have the redeeming power of Jesus Christ and it's his words that ring in us because he calls us by name, not just Mary, Richard, John, Katrina, Alma, Jeff, James, Paul. You're all called by name. how will you respond this Easter morning? How will you respond to him calling your name? May you be blessed. Know that you're blessed. No matter what they said about you. doesn't matter what society tells you. You are blessed for all that matters is Jesus. I'm going to ask our music team to come back up. Jesus is calling you by name in this morning. And I know that a lot of us are actually away today. And they're all doing whatever it is they need to do, whether they're out of camp. I think about 100 of us are out there at the moment. Other us are taking a well-deserved break. But you're here this morning. And he's calling you by name. Are you going to allow him to redeem just a part of your life or all of life? Allow him to redeem it all. Hand to him whatever it is that your parents have hurt you with, whatever it is that your family or friends or schools or your past, lay it all at the cross and allow Sunday morning to redeem you. Allow him to bless you. You are not cursed. You are blessed. Praise be to God for Sunday morning.